Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome again to Daily Daf Differently. It's Jeremy Kalmanowski and we're continuing in Tractate Shabbat, Daf Samach Bet, also known as page 62. To continue on the discussion yesterday, we were talking about carrying amulets on Shabbat and we, we mentioned the basic similarity between uh, amulets and tefillin. Tefillin in ancient times probably were seen as some sort of uh, uh, you know, apotropaic amulet or something, and we talked about whether or not you could carry an amulet into the bathroom. Keep in mind that their bathrooms were not like ours. They were latrines. They smelled horrible, and so carrying sacred items in was certainly forbidden. And so we talked about carrying amulets in. Now today, the con- the conversation continues uh, about the tefillin, and the Talmud says something that is simply mind-boggling to me. It suggests that the reason not to carry tefillin into into the outhouse is not the presence of the biblical text written inside the tefillin, for after all, that is enclosed in a leather pouch. Um, the problem that the Talmud concludes is really the reason not to not to wear tefillin in the bathroom is that on the tefillin shalrosh, the box that goes on the head, the letter shin signifying shaddai is actually part of the shape of the tefillin, signifying the divine name, is actually part of the shape of the tefillin, and it is exposed. And I couldn't believe that that was the reason why one shouldn't wear tefillin into the bathroom. The great historian Yaakov Katz says that much of halakha comes from logical deductions, and much of it comes from what he calls the ritual instinct of the people. Certain things might be logical, but ritual instinct says that they're inappropriate, well, my ritual instinct in a big way says that this is crazy, this is bizarre, that the only problem with carrying tefillin uh, is not that they inscribe the word Shema, the, the, the words of the Shema Yisrael, love the Lord your God, in the inside of the box, but that's after all, the Talmud says, that's after all uh, enclosed and not exposed. It's the shin on the outside of the, of the box. The Rishonim, the medieval Talmud commentators, they make it clear that... Uh, that this means that removing the tefillin shelyad, the one that is on the arm, is really only kind of optional. But I cannot imagine that any observant Jew nowadays would really rely on this rather strange reason for why one should take off tefillin before going to the bathroom. The real reason is that they're sacred objects and they signify to us uh, the, the holy experience of uh, inscribing Shema Yisrael on your body. In all events, there's some more interesting material about carrying, as this whole chapter, indeed the whole tractate, is about carrying. Um, and there's a, a tremendously interesting discussion that goes on, and I think for, for anybody with a feminist vantage point on rabbinic texts, this, this one should be interesting to you. The One of the sages, a Babylonian sage called Ula, suggests that whatever is appropriate uh, adornment, jewelry, fancy clothing, for a male is ipso facto inappropriate for a female, and vice versa, what is ever appropriate jewelry for a female is ipso facto 
inappropriate for a male. And the Talmud's description of Ula's viewpoint is a rather shocking phrase, Kasavar Ula Nashim Am Bifne Atzman Hen. Sorry. Nashim Bifne Atzman Hen. Women are their own nation. Uh, you know, we're accustomed, those of us who've given some thought to feminist issues, are accustomed to noticing the many ways in which what's considered male is considered the normative, the appropriate way, and what's considered female is to somehow be defined in opposition to the male norm normativity. This is a pretty good example of the Talmud's suggestion that at least one valid viewpoint, not admittedly not universally held, is that women are to be considered, as it were, a whole separate people. Whatever they do, men shouldn't do, and vice versa. Strong division. The discussion that ensues here uh, challenges this viewpoint and points out that the Talmud says that if you find tefillin left, left abandoned in the public zone on Shabbat and you're worried about their safety, um, either male or female is supposed to pick them up, put them on, and carry them inside, wear them as clothing, um, and carry them inside all the way to modern times. It, like most, like almost all uh, debates, this one is left unresolved. And all the way to modern times, um, rabbinic authorities have been divided over whether or not in the end of the day women should do that. Maybe Ula is right, they are implicitly saying. Um, for example, an important 18th century authority called the Magen Avraham said, Ula is right. These rules that apply to males have to be utterly different than the one that applies to females. Uh, but many authorities, and in fact I would say probably the majority of authorities, say no, no, no. Either males or females should put on the tefillin to keep them safe. In my corner of the world, in an egalitarian Jewish community, we are in favor of both males and females wearing tefillin anyway. So it's an unresolved question. But those of us who are modern students of this material uh, wrestle with the ways that the ancient texts were certainly not uh, having what we would consider modern sensibilities. Two more points that are interesting about our page today. We discuss the appropriateness of wearing perfume. Uh, women wear, would wear perfume in little vials around their necks in ancient times. Was that appropriate or not? And uh, the final word in that conversation, does that count as carrying or not? Rav Ashi says that perfume uh, doesn't count as carrying anything. The smell doesn't have any weight. Kind of interesting uh, viewpoint from physics. Um, the smell of something is not is not a substance. Finally, there's a long uh, agada, a long homily, not so nice, uh, from Isaiah chapter three and Amos chapter six. First comes from Amos. Long, uh, long uh, agada or homily about bad sexual behavior and how that led to the uh, exile. Men are seen here as they expose, as they, as they uh, expound uh, Amos chapter 6. Men are seen to be sharing wives, not very nice, and that's why they would be sent into exile, and women are shown to be too flirtatious, and that's why they would be sent into exile. And in that section, the rabbis make actually a slightly off-color pun uh, about, shall we say, the opening of joy. And you can figure out what they're referring to on your own. Uh, they are not above a little bit of, I, I guess, clever, if half-racy humor. But uh, the main point is that they, they certainly do believe that uh, 
sexual ethics and sexual purity within exclusive relationships are part of what it takes to build a sacred society. All right, thanks for studying this passage, which is so much about uh, male and female relationships with each other, and I look forward to studying with you tomorrow's passage. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.